Hey, everyone. First off, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there who celebrates. And to those who don't celebrate, that's okay, too. We're glad you are here today. David and I are going to have a great conversation around the idea of luck. Is luck real or is luck just something else renamed? Is there a scientific idea behind it? David even goes so far as to share a few stories of how he maneuvers through the fabulous city of Las Vegas and how he wins more than he loses based on his ability to just have a strong belief system. You're going to want to check this one out. I know you're going to love it. I certainly do. So let's uh, let's not wait. Let's just jump on in. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. First off, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Patty's Day. To all my fellow Irish and those who celebrate this most festive of days. And those that tell. wish that they were Irish, and yes. And those that wish that they were, everybody's right. Irish today. Everybody's uh, Irish. Specific shout out to my hometown of Anaconda, Montana, and our neighbors in Butte, uh, lovely people whose legendary spirit around this holiday has formed the man you see before you today. Right. So kind of wild right. and crazy times. And all, back, my, all my people in Chicago, oh Chi-Town. We've lived, from we've the, lived around the neighborhood. some amazing Irish places. Like for yeah. the year that I was in Savannah, even though it poured at the St. Patrick's Day Parade, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people out to watch that. Yeah. Seems like everywhere we go, the Irish always follow. Well, them. I mean, fucking Chicago, we, we, we dye the river green. We yes. dye the Chicago <laughs> river green for St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. It's a tradition. Yeah, it's so amazing. And it's literally green. Yeah. I mean, it... Thousands of gallons of dye go green. in there. Yeah, it's green. Yeah, totally. It's green for the whole week. I mean, yeah. it is a big deal. And they have a they they have a good time up there in Chicago. It's just like they have time. a good time out there in Anaconda and Butte. I, I even so just as a sidebar here, I once Irish jigged in a St. Patrick's Day parade when I was in middle school. How is that, that right? We used they used to shut down the school. Like they would at you would work half a day on St. Patrick's Day and the rest of the day was off because the teachers, they would go to the parade and then they'd go right to the bar. And in fact, when I was yeah. student teaching in Anaconda, I went to the parade and I never went home that night. I just got up in the same clothes I was in the next day and went and student taught. How's that for responsible? That's responsible. Responsible around yeah. your children. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing? But exactly. that, that was Anaconda at the time. Long, long days passed, but it, uh, you're welcome for planting that image of me dancing an Irish jig in a okay. into your brain. Yeah, it's there. there you, go. you can't get rid of All it. All right. Well, with today being St. Patrick's Day, I thought it might be the perfect time for us to talk through the concept that's a difficult one to grasp, uh, especially as it pertains to what you teach, David. And that is this concept of luck. And I, I fear saying concept because there's a lot of people out there that are already like turning off saying, wait a minute, it's not a concept, it's real. But what got me thinking about this was a couple, over the past couple of weeks, I've been listening to some podcasts. And especially as it relates to people who are in Hollywood or who have made it, so to speak. Um, and they talk very differently about luck and about, versus how you you would talk about luck. And that's sort of what right. strung me to realize that this is something we should bring to the podcast because there's probably people out there that are having that same sort of same sort of issue. Uh, before we get into your idea of what luck is, let me just give you the definition according to our good friends at Miriam and Webster. Okay, do it. This is a two-part. So they use it as a noun here, and they've got two pieces to it. The first piece is luck is a force that brings good fortune or adversity. So they, a good fortune or adversity, or it's the events or circumstances that operate for or against an individual. So now that we've defined it, 
What is your stance and what is your take on luck? Well, it's an interesting thing. And I, I will tell you that when I first started learning about the concept of luck, what, what really surprised me was how many extremely successful people, when, you, when they sit down and talk about what contributed to their success, the amount of people that also throw a bit of luck into that, into that perception. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's so many people that would say, yeah, you have to be lucky. You got to be lucky. You got to be lucky. Well, so, so here's, here's what, this is how it was explained to me a long time ago. Luck is a word that was created to ex basically explain good fortune or bad fortune when a person doesn't understand the cause and effect of what they're experiencing. It appears to come out of nowhere without any effort applied by the person that's experiencing it, either good or bad, right? Oh, that's bad luck. This sure. is this is good luck. Think about the superstitions. We got the clover, the bad luck, don't walk under a ladder, like all different kinds. Rabbit's foot. <laughs> I forgot about a rabbit's foot. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that was big when I was a kid. Everybody carried a rabbit's right, foot. It was hooked under your backpack, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was hooked on the backpack. Isn't it fun? I mean, there's all sorts of superstitions like that, though. You're right. There are, there are. So the, but the, but the thing is, is that it's not actually uh, a, an unknown thing that's happening. When you understand the laws of the universe, it is completely explainable what's, what's actually happening. And it's luck is the result of two very basic laws. One is belief, right? Your belief in good luck or your belief in bad luck. And then when those beliefs are very strong, people will, they will experience things that just seem to be happenstance, but they're not. Belief controls the vibration that we think at and, and the vibration that we're being at, right? So the idea is, is basically this. Our mind operates on frequencies. And those frequencies are very much controlled by how we think and the emotion in which we put behind our thought. It's, it's very, and also the, our mind is developed through pattern recognition. So it's constantly looking for patterns and putting things together based on the idea of how can we repeat certain things and not repeat other things. When a person experiences something that they don't realize they had any effect on, the only word that we have for that is basically luck. Like, well, I got, I got lucky. I have no idea how this happened. How did I meet this person? How did that happen? How to win the lottery? How, you know, I got lucky. But really what's going on is that as, oh, let me just add to that before I go into this. When it happens multiple times and somebody goes, you really got lucky, you start to believe in the concept. And if a person believes it strong enough, they will literally create an unconscious expectation to be lucky with certain things. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's, I remember, I remember way back in the day when they first, and I was working for uh, the petroleum company when this happened because we used to fuel the equipment that was building it. On the Fox River in just outside of Chicago, out of the Chicago suburbs, uh, there's a river called the Fox River. And what they did was they got uh, the licensing to put, build a riverboat out there, gambling, sure. right? Kind of like Ozark. Yeah, right? oh, geez, yeah, absolutely. But it was... This is when they first started to do this. This was a big deal because anytime the you know gamblers and your degenerate gamblers, they would all have to go to Vegas or Atlantic City for that. Now you got this 
people, you know, these states are coming up with this riverboat idea. This riverboat was packed. And I remember one time uh, my parents wanted, they would say, let's go to the boat. This was a, this was a regular thing for them, right? So it's kind of like the lottery. I mean, I'll gamble when I go to Vegas, but I'm not. You're I not do, tied to an outcome. I, no, oh, I do it for fun, but I win a lot. You win, yeah. Yeah, I do. So, and I'll tell, I'll tell you about that later. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that uh, it, it was just fun for them. Anyway, I had never been to the boat outside of sending of my guys down there to fill the equipment that was building the damn thing. So uh, my parents wanted to go. They're like, hey, let's, you know, let's go out to dinner and then we'll go to the boat and we'll gamble for a little bit, you know, make a night of it. And my wife came up at the time also. And we go on this boat. And one of the things that, because this was not like Vegas, right? There is a, there's a little more, it's not like Vegas, it's not like Vegas uh, used to be. There's a little more upper class thing that happens in Vegas. Not Today there's lower class uh, gambling joints in, in Vegas where you've got, you won't believe the things that you see. But one of the things about these boats, when they would pull really, really deep working class broke people, people that were spending their welfare check right. on the slot machines. And you'd walk through there and they'd be hanging these little monkeys and rabbit's feet and a chain and something from their dead kid and like all this stuff. And they really believed it. And yeah. they're just cranking away, you know, sure. on these on these slot machines. And and I and I remember thinking to myself, they so seriously believe in these things bringing them luck, you know. And then there would be people that would swear by Every time I use this, I win. Every time I don't use it, like if I forget my lucky rabbit's foot, I don't win, that type of thing. Yeah. So when I started learning, uh, and I was learning about the law of vibration and Proctor was teaching me, he's like, listen, every time you create a belief, you're constantly sending out a frequency based on the level of that belief. And not only do you program your mind to look for things that verify what that belief is, you're attracting them to you. Now, I don't want to like go down the rabbit hole with law of attraction because it's an, it's an actual subsidiary law to the law of vibration, but most people have blown it way out of proportion. The idea, though, is that we, we have a tendency to, to notice, to find, to create the things that we actually believe in. And what, ha what happens is that for, un for, for, for most people, they are unknown, uh, they don't understand why they're attracted to something. What's causing a person to notice something? Well, feeling has a lot to do with this, in fact. And the idea is that sometimes we feel like we're drawn to one thing versus something else. And then when something good happens to that thing, we don't understand that it's actually following the law of vibration, and we call it luck. You know, when I, well, if you remember the story, when I first tripled my income, everybody around me, all that's all they said to me, look at how fucking lucky you sure. got. Like, don't blow this like you've blown everything else. Look how lucky you've got. Really hold on. Hold. And I knew it wasn't luck, but I also didn't have the ability to describe what happened. I didn't know, but I knew that it wasn't luck. And, and I basically never really got wrapped into the idea of luck because it just so happens that the one the one subject in school that I was always really good at was science. I loved science. And, and, and one of the things that I loved about science was, was that I got to learn how things worked. 
You know, my, uh, that's how my mind is, is. I'm always looking into those things. And I, and I remember in, in science, them teaching us about the, the, the laws of the universe. They're like, every single thing happens for a reason. And science is about finding out the cause and effect of those things that happen. So it's not, there's not this random thing that's happening in the universe that we call luck or, or, or randomness. There's, there is actually a pattern to everything. And the more you study and understand, the more you understand how it's working. And the great thing is, is the more that you can actually control it or change it. Like, let's say a person, you're a person that's like, ah, I have bad luck. I'm unlucky all the time. You can change that belief to understand exactly how you want to program your mind to think and the beliefs that you need to create in order to have different outcomes, because you will be noticing things that are different versus like, if you believe you're unlucky, your mind is programmed to look for verification of that. If you believe that you're lucky, if you believe that you, that you're, that you have good fortune in your life, if you believe that the world is abundant, you will notice things that are representational of that belief system. So that's really how it works. I mean, call it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right? You don't have to understand how something works to benefit from it. But what's most unfortunate is that people will do things just based on the random idea of luck when uh, they don't know the specific things that they need to change in order to make that idea actually work. That's how you end up with a rabbit's foot. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The magic foot, dude, right? Well, and it's interesting because you do do see, if you sit back and watch, if you go into any casino and you watch the people pulling the arms on the one-arm bandit slots, or you go and you watch even, you know, like a roulette wheel or something, there's a lot of tapping going on. There's a lot of spinning going around. They're hanging altars at the, the feet of these digital monsters. And the fact of the matter is, it is completely and totally a game of chance. Like right. there's no skill involved with pulling a machine down. You really don't have any say in how the reels No, end. but, but, so check this out because I wanted to remember to talk about, about this today. Family. In Vegas, um, if you are a person who is winning at any table, all the casinos have something called a cooler. A cooler is a person that they will bring to the table to disrupt your pattern because they understand that your vibrational pattern affects what's actually happening. Nobody can say to what degree, but they know that it does. I know how to win in Vegas because I'm not emotionally attached to the money, but I I know the recognition patterns in order to win. So like I'll go to a roulette table just to screw around and I'll be winning thousands of dollars. As soon as I start winning more than Somebody one time, they will switch. They will switch the dealer, Got right? It. Yeah. And they will keep switching the dealer until they throw off my vibration. And I'll just be like laughing on the inside. Like this is actually, you can see them coming. this is a hyster- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because a couple big wins and I, and I would play with a lot of money, right? Sure. And, and it would mess with them. They're like, okay. This this can't go on. So the floor boss would switch out the the person that was you know spinning the roulette wheel or dealing the cards or or whatever. And what if if that doesn't work, you'll see somebody that shows up at the at the table that starts behaving bizarrely in in some way because they're going to throw off your energy so you don't keep winning. Because if a person is on a really strong vibrational streak, they will consistently win, win, win. And, And it almost looks as if somebody's cheating, right? But it's not. It's just that they're so in tune with what's going on that they're, they're betting in the right way. Every single thing in Vegas 
can be figured out to the degree of the pattern recognition of what's actually happening, regardless of the randomness that the slot machines spin at or the numbers on the roulette wheel where that ball stops. Like here's a, here's what a person could pay attention to when you go to Vegas and if you look at a roulette wheel, I love to play roulette. I think it, it's fun as hell um, because it's all about pattern recognition. So normally they have a tower mm-hmm. next to the roulette wheel and it has all the numbers of say the last ten or fifteen spins that are on it, right? On most wheels, thing ha- th- numbers start showing up in pairs. And if you don't believe me, just walk around, don't bet, don't do anything, and just watch what's happening. Stand there for half an hour. You'll see that the numbers that are on that tower will show up again and again and again, and then they'll switch to a different set of numbers, and then those numbers will show up again. And not like one after the other, but within several spins. So if you get in there and you you pick a set of numbers and you start playing those numbers, if within two, three spins those numbers don't hit again, then move on to an, another wheel because you're at the end of a, of a cycle. But I know how to recognize when those numbers are, are pairing and then play and just win over and over and over and over again. And I've taken, I've literally taken uh, classrooms of people in seminars because nobody believes me. And I'll take them down there. I'll show them. I'll show them. I'll literally pick out a slot machine for them to play. And I'll say, play this one. You'll win. And they play it and they win. I've had 200 people in the casino, and I'm like, play this slot machine, you'll win, and they win. Play these numbers on the roulette table, you'll win, they win. And they're like, how the fuck do you do that? It's by understanding that that your vibration will pick up and give you answers to things that seemingly don't have any answer. And Vegas has known this for freaking ever. There's a movie, I, I don't know if the movie is called The Cooler. I think it's called The Cooler. Look it up. It's, uh, is, am I correct about that? The, uh, I see the, a movie called The Cooler, an old school Las Vegas casino. That's came out it. in 2003. William yes. H. Macy, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. yeah Watch that movie because they show the, the movie is about a guy who's an actual cooler in Vegas no and how they go to disrupt the energy at tables. Like, listen, when when companies that, that move this much money, when they know that that affects something and they actually have sure. somebody to break your energy, got to protect their interests. It's the house real. always wins. That's yeah, real. House has to win. But it's not luck. It's not luck. It's not luck. Absolutely. You can call it whatever you want. But sure. it, but but there is no randomness to things happening where you either have the good star on your side or, or you don't. It's all about your belief system. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's where the definition of luck comes into play here is because it a force brings both good fortune or adversity. Yeah. If you focus on good fortune, you're going to get more of good fortune because the vibration you're sending out. If you are one of those people that says, oh, I'm so unlucky, that's the energy you're putting out there. And guess what? You're just going to get a, sit, a shit sandwich. Uh, yes. Know, over and over, over, and, and, over and over again. again. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that. I love that you bring up um, superstition here because you see this with, we talked about superstition around rabbit's feet and people sitting at the, the, you know, slot machines and tapping three times or spinning around twice. You see this with athletes as well. You know, we're right here in the midst of March madness right now. You see, you know, hockey you see players, per, you see superstition with superstition. Yeah. So like hockey players will use the same stick because they scored a hat trick one game or you see, it used to be a big thing playing baseball. You know, we we're on a good tournament run. Nobody wash your socks. We we've got a hot streak. Oh, is that going right? here. Don't wash your socks historically, even arguably the greatest basketball player of all time and somebody we've talked about on this show many times, Michael Jordan, during every game he played as a professional with the, you know, as mainly as a Chicago Bull, he always wore his 
North Carolina Tar Heels practice shorts under his Bulls. That's right, he did. Did I remember just that for now. good luck? You know, yeah. and you think to yourself, well, like you know, Michael Jordan creates his own luck, but it was a good luck thing for him, and it kept him in the energy. Whatever edge you need to get, you take it. I just thought it was really interesting. Well, there's another thing that he did when he retired and he came back. He had a new number. And he wasn't winning with that number. And they and he took his jersey out of retirement and went back to his to 23. Yeah, and it probably changed his entire absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you, there is this vibration thing. I just bring up the superstition because it's really fascinating when you start to see it. Like if you watch tennis players before they serve or you watch baseball players before they, they step up to the plate, you start to see these little quirks. And if we were just doing that on the street, people were, would think we're batshit crazy. Yeah. But it's part of their process and it's their vibration <laughs> and their routine that they're doing. So I just love that you brought up superstition because it's so hilarious. Rabbit's feet aside. Yeah, so, so the, the, what the brain is doing is it's recognizing something that's happening and then it's noticing something at the same time. And when that pattern repeats itself, we have a tendency to attach it to whatever the pattern is that we see. So if it's like, Every time I wear these socks or every time I change my socks, I lose, yeah. right? So we create these crazy patterns in our mind. But actually what, it's, what it is showing us points to something even more profound, that our mind has the ability to notice the patterns that will actually allow us to be lucky or to break the so-called spell of being unlucky if we will actually understand what the pattern is that that we're representing within the vibration of, I believe that I am lucky or I believe that I'm not. It, it's funny because I remember when I first started learning this, uh, I had a family member that will walk around constantly and say, I'm the most unluckiest person in the world. And I would say, stop saying that. And they're like, why should I stop saying it? It's true. I'm like, you know, if you keep saying that and you keep believing it's true, it's going to keep happening. And they're like, ah, oh, get out of here. You're, you're full of shit. I'm like, I'm telling you, they never stopped. Yeah, They never stopped. Even though they saw me change and they saw everything that I did, they were completely connected to the belief that they were unlucky and they would just have problem after problem after problem. Yeah, you're in control of that. You can change that narrative anytime you want. Absolutely. As long as you, yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because, you know, with game day, like anytime there's a game day, like I, I'm, a, I'm a sports fan, but I've really cut out watching sports live, you know, on oh, television. Really? Just because I get so way too invested in it, it has the potential to ruin my weekend. I've had many a weekends yes. ruined because I, you know, my team loses. And I get to a place <laughs> where I feel like I'm on the court with them or I'm on the pitch with them and I just can't handle it. And there's, even to this day, even though I don't watch, I don't wear a game day jersey. I don't wear a jersey on game day. And my dog cannot beat me down the stairs when I'm heading downstairs on game day. My dog has to sit at the top of the stairs until I release him to come down. That's how weird because one time he came down and he beat me and they broke like a huge like 14 game winning streak or whatever. And I was like, I can't let him do that again. And even though I don't watch, I still do that to this day. And it's been years. So how did you associate the dog beating you down the stairs with you losing. I just must have attached it in the moment. And then I'm like, okay, I, I was guaranteed we were going to win that day. So I'm like, it's, you know, and then that was the one thing I remember that was different or something in my day. And I was like, you know what? That damn dog, so that were, dog cost. You were racing your own dog. You were yes. competing with your dog yes. and you and, lost. Yes. And now even to this day, <laughs> I did this this past weekend. There was an important match coming up and he was coming down right next to me and I put my hand out and he knows when I put my hand out that he has to stop until I hit that bottom step. How weird is that? It's just these weird little quirks. So Getting back to luck, I 
I, I'm not going to say I don't believe in, in, in the concept of luck. You can call it what you will, but there's no yeah. scientific basis behind what it is. I love that we bring in universal law here because you are sending out a vibration that this is going to happen, both good or bad. Like you said a moment ago, there's people who would say, well, you know, I'm nothing but bad luck. I'm just bad luck. Don't be around me. I just, nothing, everything I touch turns to shit. And that's what they're sending out there. Your words have tremendous power. So if you're one of those people that says, oh, I'm just unlucky at this or unlucky at that, you can change that if you choose. But some for some people, it's just probably easier to just bitch and moan and complain Absolutely. about it because yeah. they can blame it on some unseen force that's working well, against them. But also think about this. If, you know, it's kind of like you've heard before, if a kid, if a kid can't get good attention, they'll get negative attention, right. right? This is the same thing. If a person cannot get attention for being lucky in life, and if they get attention for being unlucky, if that becomes what they're self-identifying with, they're not using it because they want to be unlucky. It's the only way that they're getting attention and acceptance sure. or, or, or maybe even pity, which is kind of horrible to think about, but it's true from other people. Yeah. You know, it's that negative attention, but at least somebody's it's, it's recognizing attention. Attention it. It is attention no matter how you get yes. it. Yes. When you, when you had your accident and were sucked through the dam on the Illinois River, were there many people who told you how lucky you were and what was there, in your opinion, looking back on it, some sort of luck involved since at that time no one had ever survived such a horrible accident? It was the first thing that was said to me when I got pulled into the boat. You're still in the midst of this trauma. i literally getting pulled out of the water into the boat. The first thing they say to me is, you have no idea how lucky you are. Yeah. You have no idea how lucky you are. From there, when I'm in the hospital, the state police showed up, the local police, the, the fire people, the, the game warden showed up, the DNR guys, and uh, the, the, Ar the Army Corps of Engineers who was running, the operating the dam, they all came into the emergency room, right, while I'm getting, like, uh, bandaged up and all this. And they're all saying the same thing. You have no idea how lucky you are. There's only two people that ever survived going through this, and the other guy's a paraplegic. Right. And then they, they're asking me the dumbest fucking question. How did you survive? Like I was lit and I didn't know anything that I know now. Sure. And I was still shocked by their asking me this question. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, you don't understand. Nobody ever survives going through this. And I said, well, I said, all I know, first of all, if I hadn't had a life vest on, I'd have been toast. Right. right. Because I got caught in the, in the, in the, in the swirl on the other side of the dam, but the vest popped me up Can't before I, up. before I, I drowned. I said, then I, you know, I hung onto this tree and there was all that, but really what have, what killed me would be being sucked through the dam. Either I got impaled by something or hit my head and got yeah, knocked trauma. out or crushed or whatever. But I said to the guys, I said, you know, you know where that sign is on the other side of the dam where it says danger, stay clear, 300 feet, there's a dam. What if you struck a cable with buoys across the water in case a boat motor went out or whatever, a person could grab onto that. Like if I could have grabbed onto a cable... I would have never, yes, I could have even, I could have even walked myself down the cable yeah. and got myself out of the situation. And they kind of looked at each other and the guy looks at me, he goes, yeah, we thought of that, but we're also concerned about how much debris get, would get caught on the cable. And then we'd have to go out there and clean it. And I'm like, these people are fucking idiots. Right. Like th now they do have a cable, but it took, I think it took 20 years before they actually strung a cable across the front of that dam. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but everybody. everybody and then I got home. I was on uh, the radio with Jonathan Brandmeier uh, because my wife called in to tell Brandmeier the story. The story? Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
Johnny B was like, yeah, unbelievable how lucky you are. Everybody just kept luck, 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 yeah. luck, luck. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you didn't, I mean, that you didn't adopt that premise. You, you looking back on it, no. that's, the, that's the one thing that's interesting about luck, though, is that we only, luck seems to be one of those ideas where you connect the dots only going backward. Like if something magical happened to you, you're not staying in the moment. You're looking back at it and you're saying, oh, that's, that was luck. That was, that was lucky of me. It's it, you created a story or a narrative right. after the fact right. in the moment. It's not about luck. It's about putting yourself in a situation. It's about putting yourself in there and creating your own luck. Would Absolutely. you agree with that? You yeah. create your own luck. Yeah. Well, you know, I was in the, in the mental place at that time of trying to attach meaning to why I lived. I did keep asking the question, what does this mean? What does it mean? It was only later on, because another thing they kept saying is like, God saved you. You know, like the man upstairs is watched for whatever reason, he didn't want you to die. And I, and I started to buy into that a little bit. But then later on, as I was studying, I would, you know, I thought to myself, here's what the real truth is. Me surviving going through an accident didn't mean anything other than I survived going through the accident. I could attach whatever meaning I want to it, and that will become my truth. But in the truth is, is that especially when it comes to a person's life, another place we see this is with money, is that when somebody experiences something that we would say that's not a fortunate experience and another person experiences something where we say, well, that's a, that's a fortunate thing. We want to create a meaning to those things that is not real. It's only a meaning that we create in our mind. That's real. Oh, you got, you got really lucky. No, it was all cause and effect, right? It's something either happens or it, it doesn't happen. You know, the, so here, it's like this, you got sucked through the dam you didn't get fatally impaled by anything, although I was impaled by some things. Uh, you didn't get crushed. You didn't drown. Wow, it's really lucky because the last guy that went through that, all these things happened to that person. So then it's, why didn't it ha happen to you? The reason is, is because I was in a current that didn't take me and hit, hit those things. Right. I went through a gate where those things weren't at the bottom of that gate. There, there's no... There's no outside force saying go through this gate or not. And they're comparing one to the other, right. apples to oranges. Because we have an insatiable need to give meaning to everything. Right. And uh, some things, it's just, it just is. You know, it, it was Freud one time where people were like, what does this mean? They got, they got so compulsive about giving meaning to anything. And Freud says one time, he goes, sometimes a cigar is just a fucking cigar. Right. Like, you're, don't look for meaning where none exists. Yeah, and we're synonymous with that. That's that's what us humans do. Right, we're looking for right. meaning in every damn right. thing. Well, think about think about it. You like with the things that you were mentioning. Don't change your socks around a winning streak. Where yes. the hell did that come from? And how? Like, let's think. We're intelligent people. How could changing the socks have any uh, out bearing out, on the outcome? Bearing on the outcome, absolutely. But when you believe it. You'll change the socks and then you'll doubt yourself. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck, I changed the socks. And all of a sudden you miss the pitch or you don't hit the ball or you foul yeah. out or whatever, right? Yeah. And then you lose. It's true. And then you're like, God damn it. Why Why the fuck did I change my socks? I know. Why did I let the dog beat me down the stairs? <laughs> right. Why right? did I wear my jersey on right. game day? I, twice I've done it now and they've <laughs> lost both times. So I can never wear that jersey. It really is a fascinating study. I would love to, I would love someone to write a book about the, the, 
the obsessive fan and how <laughs> they shit. manage their life because people live and die with their teams. Don't like, you think there's a book out there already? I've looked because I was living and dying with my team. Okay. I mean, I need somebody to write a really in-depth novel. I even thought about penning one myself, but I'm, I've had to get so far away from sports because, you know, luck aside, I get so stressed out in those moments. And there's people who will lose an entire week of their life just moping around the house because their team lost on any given Sunday. Right. It's really fascinating to me because I was trying to understand it as I was, you know, going through like a therapy journey and trying to figure out who I was as a person and why I get so heavily invested when what I do on my stairs here in North Carolina has nothing to do with what goes on over in, you know, Liverpool football club or goes on in, in Green Bay, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, but I can explain that to you. Yeah, I would so, love it. So, let, love so let's think about this. It goes back to what we attach meaning to. So what I've noticed about sports fans that suffer from the same problem that you do is that somewhere in their life, their value got attached to a winning team. And they got to experience amazing accolades and, and highs because their team won. And then instead of figuring out how to own that for their own experience in life, it just got deflected to sports. Right. I've yeah. seen it. It's people deflect it to sports, to all different kinds of, of success. And they get they get that that feed, that energetic feed that they should be getting from their own production in their own life where they're not getting it over here. They found a way to get it over here. And that's why they're crushed when it doesn't happen, yeah. because it feels like. I'm a loser. Like I did something wrong. Like this sucks and you're angry and you're sad and you're disappointed and you're depressed. But I think that's all it is. I would love to read a book about yeah. it also, but I'll bet you There's that if they break there. it down, that's exactly yeah. what it is. A person identified with winning through this team or this sport or more, multiple sports. And that's how they get fed positive self-esteem. Yeah. Life. I, I approached you about this years ago. We were, we were living in Maryland at the time and I was telling you about um, how much I love sports, but how it was like destroying yeah, my relationships with my family and my kids. And I was just a shit to be around because that was my dad's pattern. You did not want to be around the lazy boy on Sunday. If the Dallas Cowboys were getting their ass pounded because he was a dick. Then? Oh God, he would be very angry. He would throw shit. He would grab his hair and get angry. And he had nothing wow. to do with what was going on down in Irving, Texas. But you told me at the time, time to um, take out a notebook, sit down and first of all, put yourself in the experience, watch the damn game. Don't avoid it. Don't yeah. pretend like it's not happening. Sit and watch it. And you had me just write down notes. How am I feeling? Okay. That just happened. I feel elated. Oh, I feel like shit. You know, and I was going through the emotions and I did that for several times watching it. And then I just got away from it because it just became too much writing down every little thing I was yeah. feeling because I was filling up pages, but it does make total sense that you put yourself in the experience. Don't hide behind it, but also don't attach value to something that's happening on a box in your living room. Think about what it's doing to you. Yes. Think about who you are as a person. I never would have thought of that. I think that's really, really helpful. And it has nothing to do with luck. My dog beating me down the stairs <laughs> has nothing to do with the fact that my team will win or lose. But it's, you're right. I've got such a strong belief around it. I need to work yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, it's projection, right? I mean, oh, totally. the one thing that all human beings do is they need to find significance in something. And if you're and you didn't get significance as a kid. I mean, let's just say right, what it is. Yeah. That's not what came from your family. Yeah. It was actually the opposite. So you you as part of your life pattern figured out how to get significance from winning teams. You love sports. Yes. And that's a great thing. It just you just can't let it control you the way that you have a tendency to do. And if that means that you really feel the best way to do that is to just not get involved yeah. with it, right? The then it's probably for the best. Yeah, there's some people I love I love people who can be like 
rabid about their fandom, but when the game's over, it's over. It's and over. Move on with yeah. their life. I love that. I, I, I want, I aspire to get there. I need to stop avoiding and start confronting a little bit and just play with those feelings. Well, it has, sports has everything in it that gives it a highly addictive quality sure to the does. people that are watching it, let alone the players, yeah. right? Um, but they need that to some degree to bring out the thing. But the people that are observing it, everything about it is addictive, right? Sure. The drinking, the food, the the, the people, the, the camaraderie, the, camaraderie, the fellowship, the fellowship fans, yeah. 100%. Totally. You know, the, the, the idolization of your favorite player, your team, right? I mean, the colors, it's... It's everything about it is yeah. completely addictive. It's true. Yeah. It plays on your brain. Well, I could say that it was luck that won me the Back to the Future VHS from the video store when I dropped my name in the hat back in 1986, <laughs> or that my uncle was friends with the head of the school board in a small district in Lancaster, California that secured me an interview to be a fourth grade teacher where I met Steph, which inevitably led me to you that put me in this seat right here. And we could call that luck, but to me... That has nothing to do with luck. And we've right. spoken about this before. That's more about putting yourself in positions and saying yes, because at any time I could have said no. I could have said no for dropping my name in the hat to win that kick-ass VHS tape that I still own. I could say no, I'm not going to go down to California. I'm going to stay here and do my thing in Montana. I could have said no when Steph said, hey, I want to go work with this guy. Um, he's going to help us build this business. I could have said no, let's not do yeah. that. Like at any time. So to me, luck is about less about that and more about opportunity. Yeah. Seeing the opportunity and saying yes to the opportunity. Who knows if I would have said no to any of those had my life been different? Sure. Would it have been any better, any worse? Who's to say? Yeah. You can't look back at that. But what you can say is, is that when you, and an opportunity shows up, you either say yes or you say no. And that's the, that's right. the path you're going to go on. So it's just really fascinating. It's not luck in my opinion. It's putting yourself on the opportunity and being open to saying yes. You want to hear a crazy story? Yeah. Because I was just thinking about this. I'd forgot about this. My daughter, Erin, when she was little, my parents took her to a fair or a carnival or something uh, that they were participating in between some group that they were working. Anyway, that weekend, she won a couple of things. Like she won a little raffle. She won at the game when you throw the knock over the duck or whatever. And they, and they started telling her, this kid is really lucky. Now, they weren't doing it to try to program her mind. They really believed she was really lucky. She won this and this and this. And... She's, they're telling her this all weekend long. She's like four or five years old. They bring her home. They're telling me and my wife this story. She's really lucky. That kid there, they're, she's unbelievably lucky. She went on a streak of about 10 years of winning incredible amounts of money. I'll never forget, she was at the, at the school carnival that she had. She's in grade school. And she gets involved in some raffle. I get a phone call at home from the school, and they're like, uh... Erin won $500 in the raffle. Her name was picked, but she had already left. You're going to have to bring it out here to connect. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like the kid, it, this is, she so believes this that she yeah. just, and I can't tell you how many times that she's yeah. won really cool amounts of money just based on this belief that she's lucky. That's amazing. How many times you drag her to the track and drag the ponies? <laughs> no, I never have. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'll tell never you what, have. the same thing happened with my daughter. You know, you you dubbed my daughter uh, Emma the Great, yeah. my youngest, because she has this tremendous power of manifestation. And one time at a the public library, they're doing a summer reading program. And, you know, they like to put all the toys out and all the items you can win if you read a certain amount of books. And um, there was this raffle component to that. And the more books you read, the more 
or tickets you got to put in the bin and all this stuff. And she was attracted to this one stuffed animal dog named Ike LaRue that came with this complimentary picture book. And she went up and grabbed that and started to walk out of the library with it. And the headmaster of the library said, I'm sorry, that's for the raffle. You know, it's, it's not yours. And my daughter said, this is mine. Yeah. This is mine. And no, no, it's not yours. Well, well, I said, honey, you just have to win it. You're just going to have to, you know, put your name in the hat to see if you can win it. And she didn't read a ton that summer, but I'll be damned if at the end of the summer, we didn't get a call from the public library saying, your daughter won. I yeah. grew. You can come down and collect it. But she believed in her heart of hearts and she was pissed when she couldn't leave with that damn thing. But she knew that she was going to win yeah. that hell or high water and she freaking yeah. did it. It's that well, power of intention. When I met her when she was little, she was struggling with her own self-esteem, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to put this idea into, into her head and let that let that seed yes. just grow. And she's an incredible totally. woman today. Yeah. Totally. Emma the Great. She's finishing Emma up her first year up at App State. Yeah, it's lovely. But I love telling those types of stories. Those are crazy really, stories. I love that. I love that you know, your daughter was just a shark when it came to winning certain things. She was just a power of intention. She's still that to this day. My daughter's kicking ass with it. Like, I love that you shared your Vegas stuff there. I think that's so brilliant. And at the end of the day, if you believe in luck, great. If you don't believe in luck, great. There's no harm in it either way. It's your belief system. And I think that's what's cool is that you have power over it. Once you understand how it actually works, you could actually use the idea to your benefit. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, once again, happy St. Patrick's Day to all my fellow Irish men and women out there. Hopefully they're having a good uh, a good day. And uh, slauncha to all those folks out there. And thanks for putting up with this gear. I don't hey, always wear this. I, I don't, know you don't. Well, I don't wear this that often. It's pretty bold. It's pretty loud. But damn, it, it feels good today. I love it. So, all right. Thanks, David. You bet. Well, there you have it. Luck. It's such a fascinating concept and it it helped me. David helped me so much. We bounced all over the place in that particular episode, but I thought it was great because it really does speak to the power of your own intention. Uh, You can have anything you want. You can believe anything you want. The stronger your belief, the more likely you are to bring it into your life. Uh, Do us all a favor. If you believe in this show, ring that bell down below, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment and let us know if you've ever had an experience in your life what that you deemed as luck which is fine or you deemed it as you know your divine right or your divine purpose leave us a comment down below share with us your take on luck and we'd love to hear from you so once again happy saint patrick's day to everyone out there i uh, hope you're having a great one a safe one and we'll see you on the next successful mind podcast slauncha Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.